0: Jacob, (laughs) you're already recording? (laughs) That's my question to you today. (laughs) Okay, Jacob, I have a question for you today. Yeah. Have you ever, ever in your life since you started teaching four years? Because I know you always talk about your fourth year, your first year being your hardest. Mm -hmm. But since you became a teacher, you know, like since you arrived
1: like was actually competent. Yes. Okay.
0: Have you ever had a bad day? And oh if you did, how did you handle it? If I ever had, have a you ever bad had to day? adjust? Have you ever had to adjust what all you're the doing time. all the time? And what do you? How do you handle it? What do you do?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, these days are different than the past, but, uh, let's go, let's go a little bit back in the past. Let's go to when I was a literacy coach. That seems like a good time to do this. So oh, okay. for, for those who are uninitiated, you and I worked together as coaches that uh-huh. we knew each other before that, but that was when we got to know each other. That was the birth of everything that exists today. It was that job. Um, right. but in that job, about a, after a six weeks, I convinced our principal to let me have a class. It was partly because the classrooms were so full and they didn't have other teachers. So I I used that to manipulate the situation to get me a class. And by the way, I remember the moment when I told you it was going to happen because we were talking. I was like, man, it'd be so cool if we had a class and we could just teach one. And then I came to you like a week later and goes, guess what? I'm getting a class.
0: (laughs) I know. I was so mad at you. You always get what you want that's why i'm asking this question I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding i'm no i i think i'm really good at playing my cards when i need to and i think uh, not always though sometimes i play my cards and it just doesn't work so that's there i i don't bat for a 100 but i i do have a skill set that comes to kind of using situations to my advantage but regardless um that one i really did just want a class and I ended up getting one, and because I was a literacy coach, we balanced that class with every kind of student in there. We've talked about it on the show before, but you know as well as I know that we I had the the most struggling and some of the most successful kids all within the same group. I had about a I had about twenty cut into thirds in terms of levels, right, um, in mm-hmm. their ability and and behavior and everything else. So. Um, That was an incredibly rewarding and frustrating class all the time. Sometimes within the same day because I would spend all day watching classrooms and planning things and looking at data and talking with you about stuff and, and even going into like other classrooms and by the, I had this class at the end of the day. So for, 80 minutes. I had them for the last two periods. So I'd spend all day thinking about all this stuff and sometimes altering my plans all day because I would get different ideas and whatnot. And I felt like I had to overachieve because if you're a coach and you have a class and you ask for the class and it's something like special, it's not really done in our district, you know, eyes are on you. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt mm-hmm. the pressure. So sometimes I would go in there and I would get completely frustrated because I had never been in that situation where something was kind of tailor made almost to be frustrating. <laughs> like, that was kind of how it was designed. Um, from a teaching standpoint, and I had so much pressure on myself because I was trying to, I was trying to prove that I could not only be a coach, but I could also be the best English teacher on campus, you know, and have the best data and stuff. And part of my frustration came from unrealistic expectations upon myself, which was being able to revolutionize anyone and everyone that ever came into my classroom and, so when I would have frustrating days with that, you know, it, part of it, I was frustrated with what made that job frustrating was I didn't really enjoy coaching on that particular campus. I have, I've not been shy about sharing this. I've shared it everywhere on teach me teacher on this podcast. I just wasn't very happy as a educator during that year. And my only happy place was teaching. So even on the most frustrating days, I was always grateful that I got to end with students and... When I would go home, I would always just try to. I, th- these are kind of where I started asking the questions that I, I kind of pitch to people sometimes, which is I would go, okay, so these students are having they're they're frustrated, they're angry, they're having problems. What do they need? A child demonstrating a behavior is demonstrating a need. And my first question is, what do I need to do to shift what's happening in my room? I find facts very sobering. I get that concept from Eckhart Tolle, which if people don't know who he is, he wrote The Power of Now, uh, New Heaven and New Earth, um, or A New Earth I think is what his second book was called. He's a spiritual kind of guru, new age type of person. But I, I think a lot of his philosophy stuck with me. And one of the things that he brings up is working with the facts. What are the facts? And as an educator, it's really easy to blame things that are outside of your control, right? You want to blame anything and everything, but I, I, and that might feel good in the moment, but in terms of solutions, I find that the stuff that helps me the most is when I go, what can I do tomorrow? What can I plan for today? What can I alter? What can I do this? It starts with me. It doesn't end with me because the problem might be beyond me, right? The problem might, there might be something happening with the student. There might be something like weird in their schedule, um, I, my first year, one of the best things we ever did was we became a student for a day, and we followed some of our most troubled, quote-unquote, students for a whole day and just sat in there. And the kid that I followed, he didn't have an academic class until fourth period. He had uh, – mm. He had like gym or athletics and then he had like lab and then, you know, like all of these other things that were going on. And then like by fourth period, he finally had to like think and content, which means the rest of his classes are like that. So by the end of the day, he's drained because it's just been it was playtime for the first three hours of school and then it was work time (laughs) for the next five hours. And some of our kids have those schedules, right? Um, and that what I remember that too, which is some of the things that, even though I always look at myself first, I think it's a sobering act to do that. Some of the things that we deal with and some of the complications that cause these bad days and cause us to feel like failures and cause us to feel like we should probably quit or like, you know, just like be done with this profession. Some of that stuff is beyond our control. So it becomes an act of, figuring out how we can support that or how can we plan to mitigate those problems? You can't if you have problems in your last period, um, which I think every teacher on the planet does, you 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 can't plan for everything they're gonna interact with before two o'clock or before three o'clock or before whenever, right? You rather, you have to set up systems, procedures, culture, um to support anything that might happen and that's easier said than done obviously but i think that's the goal so to go back to your question and the answer is i look at myself i look at the facts and after i have done everything in my conceivable power I start reaching out and thinking about other things. And that process, though, it makes me feel better about these rough days because, of course, I have rough days. Of course, I have days where I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm a horrible teacher. I'm never going to be able to do anything correct again. No one should look. I don't even know why I talk on a podcast. No one should ever listen to me. This data is horrible. Nothing's ever happened that is good in my life. Um, but once I get past that and rant enough and you know, talk to my wife and let her talk me off cliffs and whatnot... Um, I go back to the facts, and facts are sobering. Facts are sobering. Facts are sobering. If I want anyone to take anything out of this eight-minute rant, it's that facts are sobering. Use facts to your advantage, and that's that's my answer, Miss Ochoa.
0: Well, with that, everyone, welcome to Craft and Draft. Uh, that is Jacob Chastain, and I'm Pam Ochoa, and here we are talking about I don't know. We're going to have some questions, and then we're going to talk about purpose. But there was a purpose behind my particular question, and that is: guess how I felt on Friday, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> did I'm you like? Have a, did you have a day on Friday, Miss Ochoa? I had a day on Friday. I discovered that I really have a class that's struggling beyond what I know what to do. So I've got to do exactly. So I was hoping for some advice. You know, some advice from you there. And, you know, we've already talked about the, the data, but I've got a, a group that's kind of needs a little extra help.
1: So I'm curious as to, so we've had multiple stages of our relationship, right? We, we, uh we began as, you know, you began, well, so our relationship started as I was your pupil, right? I had sat in many of your trainings. (laughs) I had come across you several times just in passing. I had, I, I mean, I probably sat in, I mean, at least 10 hours of your trainings over time, probably more if you consider Abydos too cuz I did Abydos reading I even with you. Say, that's But I mean eight 10 hours, hours 5
0: times a mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so let's say 20 hours of your of your <laughs> trainings before we ever worked together. Right. And then we sat in the same office and we even you even helped me with my students then and we created craft and draft and now we talk to each other. Well, then we made a podcast where we talked to each other for an hour every weekend, and now we work together. So we talked to we literally talked. I talked to you probably more than anyone else that I know at this point. Um, But the the other role, well, yeah, that too. Well, I don't know about that, but (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's not true.
1: Um, but now when you were having your, you know, you had your moment on Friday and you were dealing with like 8,000 things at once. So Friday was Mm -hmm. like everything collapsing, but then you experienced DC Chastain, which was, I, even though we were kind of in this powwow with a bunch of teachers and everyone was kind of, you know, collectively kind of, you know, listening and talking and stuff. I threw out like three questions that were, that were thinking questions and whatnot, and um, I'm I'm curious to know how was there a shift the, the experiencing DC chastain was it too much was it weird or was it just normal did it feel normal or did it feel like there was a oh this is another realm of this person
0: oh yeah for everybody wanting to know he's telling me what I need to do in my classroom <laughs> so that was really in front of everybody. that is that is not what <laughs> happened and the science teacher and the... (laughs) <laughs> I've got some kids who, you know, we had. Well, here's another thing that happened that day is we're having some some issues with the school district and the school. And that is, that is, they changed the bathroom protocol right before my one class that I promised yeah. them they could go during the passing period. Listeners and are then familiar they, with
1: the TikTok challenge,
0: yes. And so they closed the bathrooms right when, and so uh, you had to help me kind of you know, calm down a person. Well, those moments didn't end throughout. I mean, that was all throughout the day. The bathroom kind of just messed everything up too. So, so anyway, apparently uh, my uh, telling them, following the rules uh, have, you know, other kids were talking about me in other classrooms. So that wasn't good. And then you turn around and go, Why do people not want to be in your room? And I mean, what? What? In front of everybody? I'm just not... I mean, we talk in front of the world, but that's okay. But in front of my little group... <laughs> That's where the problem comes in. And then what was funny is our co-teacher, I think he's the one that got kind of a little upset with you because then he said, Not everybody can be like you, testing. And so I think what happened there was I think the, the intensity came when I think they thought that you were putting me on the spot in front of them. So you put me on the spot, didn't bother me so much. It was just their reaction. They were like really shocked, I think. You and yeah. I, we have these conversations. So you, that's you. I know, you know. Well, f- for
1: starters, for clarification, the question was <laughs> that why don't they want to be in your room? The question was this girl who's disappearing for, you tw- d- for 20 minutes, she- right?
0: Did disappear. I've got to I tell you one thing I need to do is I think she's got some other issues and I need yeah. to bring I need to to talk, have a chat with our crisis counselor because I think there really is an issue.
1: Well, and so here's the thing, right? When bringing mm-hmm. up a question like that, like I can I can be a venting buddy and I teachers need to vent and stuff. But when – at a certain point, I feel like it is my duty to step in when people are doing this because it, it, it makes you feel better, but it doesn't really solve anything. So to ask the question, so why, what does this kid not – why don't they want to be in your class? That question is, is applicable to everything. I have kids that want to go to the restroom every time they read. That's an obvious one, right? They don't want to read. That's why they want to go to the restroom, right? And so you have um, – you have moments like that but i i think what was interesting was they you know the the person who reacted that way when i asked that question they always react that way when i ask those questions and it's i think it's because it's i'm i'm doing what i said at the intro of this which is you you have to go back to yourself first. That, you like I said, you don't stop there. If if the problem, if you've done everything in your power to mitigate issues, you have to go beyond that eventually, but you have to have those questions first. And I I think that's a valid question though. If students are you know, I I posted this on social media too in terms of tardies. If kids are tardy for your class every day, what can you do and you is like the royal you, so everyone, what can we oh, okay. do to make them uh to make them rush to our class how do we create environments that force kids to not want to miss the first few minutes right if we have classrooms that just slowly start and there's a bell ringer and there's all this stuff and kids aren't showing up on time, maybe we should switch that up. I think I think those are valid conversations rather than always just going, "Well, kids should just be on time. Kids should just do this. Kids should. Yeah, they should, but they're kids." <laughs> like, and so we have to have I think we we have to have these hard conversations sometimes and I don't know. And you know what? We've talked several times since then. I mean, and here's the, here's the real question. Even though that was, you were at that moment there. Have you thought about those questions after? Like, is, has it, have they been ringing in your head in an annoying way or in a helpful way?
0: <laughs> well, I think Both? it's probably advice I would have told you. Um, of course you but, would. See, if this was flipped, you <laughs> wouldn't have done the exact same thing. Yeah. I might not have done it in front of everybody. <laughs> I just would have done it in front of the world. Um, yeah, you. No, ju- yeah, no, those kind of questions, and and that's one of the things that you had said because our our partner was worried about me. I think is what you told me, but you got to understand, I've really had a, a pretty rough week as it is. So all mm-hmm. of this was kind of culminating, um, you know, because I've lost some friends to COVID and things like that this week. So it's been kind of a rough week for me personally. But anyway, with that said. Uh, I know that y'all were kind of worried a little bit about me and and uh, but one of the things that you said that I think you said it was that I'm my harshest critic and I think that's probably my problem is I really do critique myself all the time so yeah i I couldn't I couldn't go to sleep without thinking about that and of course, um, you know, so yeah, I've thought about them. i've I've already got a plan. I know how I'm gonna uh, at least put the kids in different groups. I'm gonna use the data to do that. Uh, you and I've actually analyzed the data, and we really do realize that what i my suspicions were is that one group is a little bit lower, And I think they are historically. So I'm gonna kind of dig into that a little bit more. And uh, then i'm I'm gonna try to. Find some things they're interested in and kind of start from there. Kind of, I thought I was doing that actually. I thought I was starting with their interest, but I don't think they're really convinced yet. But I think probably if they are low, one of the things I'm thinking about is they've just not had any success. So what I got to do is figure out, maybe even make the things I'm doing a little bit in smaller increments. So that they can have success and build that success. So, yeah, I've I've answered it. That's all I do is think about it. Like, all my friends, my mom and dad, everybody's, like, really tired of these moments. Like, um, you know, my dad, he even gave me advice today. So, hey, we're all good. My dad's like, well, you know, when I have issues like that. And so he's even... So, yeah, I've talked to everybody about it.
1: So, what is interesting about... um. You know, I feel – because I'm so obsessed with this stuff, I feel like I can just kind of talk about it forever. And I think this is – you know, this – we're probably <laughs> – we might hit the topic we were going to say we're going to hit. We might talk about this for a little bit. But the – this concept, right, of just problem solving, really looking at stuff, analyzing it, going through, Um, you – you know, your suspicions were true and your the, – the thing about all the data that we take, you know, we talk about – I don't know. I think it was um, Jennifer Saravalo and yes. uh, Jen Jones over there on Instagram. She They both kind of say the same thing. I think Jen Jones says this a little bit more often, but she talks about how we are – Data rich and information poor. Right, we have data galore, but we don't have a lot of information. And what you have done, because of the way you run your your classroom, you you're a workshop teacher. Kids are choosing things. They are writing authentically. They're reading authentically. When you do that, when you have an authentic classroom, when students have rarely experienced that, you have so much authentic data. And we're not just talking numbers. We faced the numbers on Friday, right? We saw that. But leading up to that, you have reading data, who's reading, who's staring off into space, who's changing books, who's Mm -hmm. who's fake reading, the kids who won't write, the kids who are kind of writing just to put stuff down, you know, all of that. So you had all of that, and now it's culminating with Um, specific test data that we use. And then with that combination, now you have information. And because you're a skilled teacher and because you are versed in all of these ways to fix potential problems and support struggling students, now you're you're off to such a, a, a great start next week and beyond because of that. And I think that's the process that I think this gets lost in teacher conversations because we want to you know, you and I have had this talk before, but we get so stuck on numbers, right? But but you have so much more than that. You have the numbers and those numbers verify some of the things you have been seeing, but you also have all of these other data points in terms of your workshop that are going to inform your decisions so much better, right? In terms of Mm -hmm. how to support learners. And I think. It's those conversations and that act that you're gonna feel so much better right like you you had a day on Friday but like even like just you're you're gonna go into it and before you know it that you're just gonna be like you're gonna be on cloud nine right because you're gonna be like man not only did I have this information but guess what these kids who struggled on this test, Boom. They're killing it now. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to tell you to stop talking at that point. Cause you're going to be like, look at this, look at this, Chastain, look at this, look at this. Right. You're on the bottom, Chastain.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll see. We'll, we're going to do a podcast on Chastain's on the bottom when we get there. I'm, I'm just, just saying, to... it's, it's not that you, it's not that you fail or that you fall, but it really truly is that you get yourself back up, that you do a reset and uh, and so I think that's that's what's important is to reset, like you said, investigate, get a plan and try it. If it doesn't work, abandon that plan and start over, but just don't quit. And, you know, I think that that kind of philosophy has always been a part of my life because, you know, I was an athlete and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, I had some mean coaches along the way and I, I love my coaches, but there was one that was particularly mean. And my mother said, you know what, you can quit. That's what you want to do. And I'm like, you didn't raise me to quit. And she said, okay, well, if you're not going to quit, then you better be the best player next year that she has to have you no matter what. And so that's what I did. I spent my time, I learned to be able to, I'm a volleyball player for those who don't know, but I would, I learned how to hit with both hands. I learned how to how to um you know set I learned how to do all the parts of the game so that no matter what happened I could go in for anybody and sure enough I ended up getting a college scholarship and I think it's because if I had not failed and what had happened is I was on varsity as a sophomore and she put me on JV as a junior and all my friends passed me up so that was that was some bad data that day and so that's how and I my mom was so upset she told me I, I she would understand if I quit Because that was pretty hard to take. And uh, so anyway, I've always done that. And uh, so, yeah, I am pretty hard on myself. But then I sit back after I do my rant and feel sorry for myself. I always at least give myself 24 hours to feel sorry for myself. And then I have to get back up. I have to pull myself up by my bootstraps. That's what my mom
1: says and get on with life. Well, and you know, you are an interesting person. I think you're one of the most... (laughs) I, I think you and I connect on a way because I think you and I are both myth un- misunderstood in Oh yeah. Massive ways. Like I think you and I in we we are misunderstood in different ways, but I think you and I historically get misunderstood by people that don't really know us in in vast ways that have consequences too. Like I, I think that's why it's almost like we're two outcasts, but outcast in different ways. You know what I mean? Like we've we've mm-hmm. both kind of been ostracized by certain groups, but there's uh there's a a moment when it's like, you you do what's right because you know what's right, right, and you have mm-hmm. such a, a large skill set that. Like, you know, deep down, like, you don't have all of these opportunities you've had and all of these presenting jobs and all of these trainings. Like, you don't get all of that because you're a horrible teacher. You know what I mean? And you don't get all that because you're, (laughs) you don't know what you're talking about. So you have those, but it's so funny that accolades only do so much for self-esteem, right? Like your gold stars only get you so far because in the end, you still have to contend with the the person that's in your head, and sometimes that person's not nice, right? (laughs)
0: Like, right? (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that is true. And I, but I think that's, yeah, I think you have to give yourself a break at times. So I usually give myself about twenty four hours, and then I, as long as I sleep on it, and then I have a good breakfast the next day, I usually do better. But I don't. I I just like last night. I got home and I went to. I just went straight to sleep. 'Cause there's no reason to stew any longer because I'd already had a bad day. But it was yeah. a bad day, bad night. I mean, I had a I just had a really rough
1: week. Yeah, I'm glad we had this conversation on air just because it uh I you know, there's there's people who are dealing with this, right? I mean, COVID mm-hmm. is killing people, mm-hmm. right? And there people are, are dealing with it and there's I mean, I've been following people. I there was someone on Twitter the other day that said they have already lost two teachers to this, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, could you imagine a more devastating thing happening to the district? So, um, even though we're, you know, not experiencing the worst, so to speak, where we're at, um, many people are, and, uh, these times are not, easy for a lot of people. Regardless, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Craft the Draft podcast. We were supposed to talk about purpose, purpose. and meaning, but I guess we're going to push that to next week, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed this honest conversation about Times coming to coming to grips with certain things, going through hard conversations, and everything in between. That's Pam much. I'm Jacob Chastain. We are two seventh grade teachers here in the state of Texas, and we love answering your questions. So if you have a question, send a DM. You can contact us at craftandraftworkshop.com. You can also find us on Facebook. You can send me a direct DM on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. But thank you for listening, and know that we are here
0: for you.